0: Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. And now here's your host, Eric Danner.
1: Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner joined by Kendra Sheehan. We've been talking about this for weeks, Kendra. We've had guest co-hosts, celebrity co-hosts, if you will, for the past about six weeks or so. Uh, Rachel V. Hill moved on, doing a great job at, at her at her new place. And now Kendra, now filling that spot. Kendra, welcome to the WAC. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Moved, kind of settled in, still waiting for my moving truck to come, but <laughs> all excited to make Denver my home. Coming from Southern Illinois, this is a much bigger city. I'm super excited. I can't wait to follow the WAC and cover everything WAC, especially this exciting time when you guys are expanding, adding football. So many cool things are happening with this conference right now. I can't wait.
1: And you come to us from WSIL and Southern Illinois, and you covered Southern Illinois University, Sideline Reporter, and uh, have experience doing soccer games, all kinds of stuff. So tell us a little bit about about your background uh, before uh, you, you got here.
0: Yeah. So I came here. Um, I was in Southern Illinois, Carbondale covering the Salukis working as the weekend sports anchor. We covered SIU, we covered SEMO, Murray state. So have some Missouri Valley conference, a little bit Ohio Valley conference. We covered a wide range of sports, high school, college. And then we had a professional baseball team, which just recently disbanded that was in the minors. And then before that I went to Syracuse to obtain my master's. And before that Florida state for my undergraduate degree. So lot of cool things covered a lot of great things at Syracuse a lot of great things at Florida State I'm really excited to just bring it all together and show up here at the WAC
1: well we're super excited to have you here and you got on a moving train as we're already about halfway through the football season and basketball will be starting up actually our WAC basketball preview days will be next week we're going to have Adam Young the director of broadcasting for New Mexico State University he'll be the guest in our final segment, we're going to talk some hoops.
0: Absolutely. What a great time to come in and then get to meet all the head coaches, men's and women's and players. Just my second weekend. We're already <laughs> diving in
1: just right,
0: ready to get going
1: right off the bat. And then in our <laughs> second segment, uh, we're going to talk football and that'll come from our WAC football Friday. of course, airs on Friday, but we'll put that uh, on as our second segment. So we'll talk football there, but we're going to start off with some volleyball.
0: Absolutely. We got a lot of awesome things happening in volleyball. Kate Hardy of Dixie State. And I think I want to start there. Offense, defense, freshman, player of the week, earning all honors. She set or matched her career high, both offensively and defensively what a year she's having.
1: She is. And I think uh, this is the first time, at least in recent memory, we've had freshmen of the week. So it would be therefore the first time we've ever had somebody sweep all three of these <laughs> awards and to, to be the offense and defensive, uh, you know, the, the player of the week for all three, that that's pretty amazing.
0: Absolutely. That's just to be a freshman and do that too. It's just crazy. Sam Houston's another one sweeping SFA on Friday. Bearcats now in the sole possession. First place in the Southwest. This is the first time that Sam Houston State has swept SFA in Huntsville since 2012. So that's- yeah,
1: it, We uh, a few weeks back, we had the Battle of the Piney Woods in football. These these are two huge rivals, and that's not just on the football field. It's it's in all the sports they play for. So for Sam Houston to get the sweep, and they take over sole possession of first place in the Southwest Division as well. So a very big match won by the Bearcats.
0: Of course, is not an- It doesn't hurt when, uh, three of your top players are in double figures as well. Double digits, Chicago state, another team that's having the season of, of their time winning five sets over GCU best season in 20 years,
1: they have 11 wins already. And it's, it's only October 13th, Kendra. So you got to figure they're going to add to that win total as the season goes along. They're three and three and playing in that West division. We'll talk to Adam also about volleyball a little bit as he, he's the play-by-play voice of the Aggies in volleyball. But yeah, they've been kind of the, uh, uh, the talk of whack volleyball this year, Chicago State getting that uh, five-set victory over Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon gets to play New Mexico State now this week. So it doesn't get any easier for the Lopes as the Aggies are on top of the West division with a record of four and one.
0: That's going to be quite the battle. Two teams that are in the top of the West division, certainly an important one for conference play. Let's keep moving right along to men's soccer. So many sports to talk about. So little time. Let's just keep going. GCU's Cameron Weller, Ticket Smarter's Offensive Player of the Week. Quite a game he had.
1: Yeah, Weller and the Lopes this year are are the top team right now in men's soccer, ranked in the top 25 all year long. He's a junior from Spokane, Washington. A scoring machine as they had big wins over Incarnate Word and UTRGV. And he also had a hat trick. And he also did, uh, I would say a backflip, but it was more kind of a gymnastics routine after one of his uh, goals that he scored there. So uh, GCU, a lot of fun to watch if you're a soccer fan, even if you're not a soccer fan. You want to check out the Lopes this year as they are uh, cruising.
0: Oh yeah, four goals this week. He had uh, one goal against UIW and of course that hat trick. San Jose state, David Sweeney. He was in our top plays of the week. What an incredible save. He's a goalkeeper that has just dominated in the net.
1: He has. And this was his second consecutive ticket, smarter defensive player of the week honor. He's a junior out of Morgan Hill, California. And yeah, this, this save, if you haven't had a chance to see it, go uh, check out Kendra's whack top play package this week, because uh, he, he he does a one-handed save and then he, he kind of crashes into the, into the pole. <laughs> yeah. Um, now it's interesting when, when I, Michael was on last week, we are talking about a uh, GCU's goalkeeper was injured. And you've, you've seen some goalkeepers using the soft helmet now, uh, because of some injuries that they, they get. And I want to say Sweeney, I, I know I saw another goalkeeper in the whack earlier this season, wearing the soft helmet. And I think it was Sweeney, but I, don't, don't quote <laughs> me on that. Um, so again, there's, there's another reason why you might see more goalkeepers going to that. You could crash into the boy crash into players, especially when you're getting out of the, the net and going to get the ball and they're sprinting, you, you could see some injuries there. So taking it back to Sweeney at the player, what a season he's having in San Jose state as usual under Simon Tobin, uh, that they're always in contention uh, for the top of the whack.
0: Well, you know, I was a goalkeeper back when I played soccer. So seeing that save, I was able to understand just how incredible of a save that was. And of course you mentioned with the head injuries, when you're going out one-on-one making these plays, you're bound to get kicked in the head. It's so common that these, these goalkeepers, we might be seeing more of these, these helmets, very important to, to keep our, our head safe and 25 ranked GCU now at San Jose. So the State. so the two
1: the offensive player of the week against the defensive <laughs> player of the week uh, coming up this week. So that's that's always going to be a good one. That's on Saturday, and then Air Force in Seattle U. Pete Fewing ha- has been a great coach for for the Redhawks. They host Air Force, and the Falcons are five and zero in the WAC this year too. So they're also having a great season.
0: Soccer is fun to watch in the WAC, and women's soccer GCU. Talked about the men, got to talk about the women. Gianna Gurley is our offensive player of the week through Ticket Smarter. Second time this season, she scored two goals in the Lopes 6-0 win over New Mexico State. Team's really been on a scoring rampage.
1: Unbelievable. And we'd have to look this up for context. In their last four matches, they've outscored their opponents 18-1. to 1. Wow. Um, So they are averaging uh, a lot of goals this season. Uh, and that's over Dixie State, CBU, Seattle U, and New Mexico State. So these are teams that are, they're pretty good teams and they and beat them 18 to one. So you got to think at some point, GCU has got to be knocking on the door to get in the top 25. Our uh, defensive player of the week, Carly Arthurs from uh, Stephen F. Austin as the Lumberjacks, look at them. They are five and zero in the whack and atop the Southwest division. So you see GCU four and oh in the West, Stephen F at five and zero oh in the Southwest and the WAC women's soccer tournaments to be coming up that first week of November in Abilene, Texas. And that should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Arthur's who was, you know, our defensive player of the week, their defense allowed just four shots on goal in the past two games. And Hey, she even scored a goal on senior night. So there you go. Offensive and defensive contributions. She's been great. We have GCU at California Baptist on Sunday. Lopes last four matches have one 18, 18
1: to one. And CBU was one of the uh, teams that they really uh, scored a lot of goals against. So you got to figure the Lancers are going to, uh, try to prevent that from happening again. So that'll be a, a fun one to watch. And that'll be on Sunday this week.
0: Absolutely. I think we got caught up on some sports so far and you don't want to miss it coming up next. We'll preview football. We're about midway through the season. So we'll talk about what's happening. And then that second half of the season. <laughs> Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to WAC Football Friday. Kendra Sheehan joined by Eric Danner, former WAC Football Friday host. Eric, we're Halfway
1: through the season, what have you liked from these teams that you've seen? Well, first off, Kendra, welcome to WAC Football (laughs) Friday. Glad to hand you the baton there. Halfway through the season, so you're jumping in at a, a pretty exciting part of the season. Sam Houston, of course, has been the story, the number one ranked team in the nation. They won the national championship last year in that spring season. Won a close call against Stephen F. Austin, one of the best battle of the Piney Woods we've seen, 21 to 20. But they've also taken care of business when they needed to. On a bye this week, and then they have Jacksonville State, another top 25 team. So Coach uh, Casey Keeler's done a great job in his scheduling. When we talked to him at the WAC football preview back in July, he mentioned he wanted to have several bye weeks, partly because they played in the spring, and they knew that it could could get tired more in the fall. Also wanted to have his team fresh all the time. They've had a few injuries. Eric Schmidt didn't play in the Battle of the Piney Woods. He's been one of the top players in the conference and the entire country. Also, Seth Morgan, their uh, outstanding kicker, has been injured. So maybe a little chance to do some healing there. Uh, Stephen F. Austin has has been another big story. Three losses, and and they've been some of the most heartbreaking losses of the season. They lose at Texas Tech in a game they could have won at at Texas Tech, a a Division I FBS uh, major conference team. Also losing that heartbreaker to Stephen F. Austin then this past week losing another heartbreaker to Jacksonville State in a game that they were ahead in the fourth quarter.
0: Tough to lose those games. Now, we only have two conference games in the docket this weekend. Let's start with Lamar traveling to Abilene, both teams on a two-game losing streak.
1: Yeah, Lamar won a big game here in the state of Colorado, where we uh, record this in Denver, up in Greeley at Northern Colorado. They spoiled the home debut of uh, head coach Ed McCaffrey and the Bears, winning it overtime 17-10, to but they've taking a couple of whack games on the chin there. Blaine Morgan, just in his second year as head coach, former Air Force Academy quarterback, and spent a lot of years coaching at Air Force in San Diego State before taking over the Lamar job. He knows it's going to take some time to get get the team where it needs to be, and this is a golden opportunity here against Abilene Christian, a team that's 3-3, and so that we've seen the good, we've seen the bad there with the Wildcats, but uh, this should be a, a big game for both teams and the winner, uh, kind of has the inside track maybe on that number three spot right now on the whack.
0: Certainly in our other game, Tarleton heading to St. George, Dixie state still looking for their first win of the season, but Texans with just 237 yards of offense in last week's loss to Eastern Kentucky, a season low, and they're going up against a tough Trailblazer defense who played well against a top 10 team in Montana. It was three, nothing going into the break.
1: Dixie state's had the, uh, arguably, I'm sure if there's stats done on it, the toughest schedule in the country this year. They opened with Sacramento State, played them tough. Then they had Weber State, top 10-ranked team. They played uh, UC Davis, coached by Dan Hawkins, uh, lost there. They played Montana this past week. As you mentioned, they also played at South Dakota State, a top five-ranked team in FCS. So this is the first time they have not played a top 10 team or top 15 team in several weeks against Tarleton both teams. uh, This is kind of, I guess, a nice little maybe rivalry. We might get started here, even though the schools are nowhere close to each other, but they're both transitioning from Division II. Both came into the WAC the same year. They both played each other twice in the spring, with Dixie State winning one game, Tarleton winning the other. So, this looks to be, uh, on paper anyway, what could be a very competitive matchup.
0: Certainly a game you want to keep your eye out for this weekend. And we'll move to our Ticket Smarter Whack Offensive Player of the Week, and that is Noah Smith out of Sam Houston. He had a pretty good game this past weekend.
1: He did, and it shows you the depth that the Bearcats have because Ramon Jefferson comes into the week as the WAC's leading rusher, one of the top five rushers in the nation. Noah Smith comes off the bench in the second half, rushes for over 100 yards, so... Casey Keeler just showing you how much talent they have kind of like the week before where Keegan Shoemaker was our ticket smarter offensive player of the week filling in for the injured Eric Schmidt. So doesn't seem to matter with the Bearcats. They, they, uh, what, what's the old saying where he, you're injured and then the next man up. That's, that's the next one up. And they they certainly uh, do that every week, it seems.
0: And he notched his first career 100-yard rushing game. A 49-yard touchdown run there was certainly a highlight of that one. And we'll move to our Ticket Smarter Whack defensive player of the week. This comes from Tyrell Grayson out of Dixie State. Game didn't go the way that the Trailblazers wanted, but he certainly showed out.
1: Dixie State was certainly in this game for most of it playing at Montana, very tough environment, big crowd, top 10 ranked team and Tyrell Grayson, just a freshman, 14 tackles. He had a a quarterback sack, a forced fumble, a couple of pass breakups, certainly a lot for coach Paul Peterson to look forward to. They have a lot of young players on that team and Tyrell Grayson, He's leading the team in tackles also as a freshman this year. So he he's he certainly one to watch. And once we get into the postseason awards, it'll be interesting to see what he comes away with.
0: Absolutely. That strip sack in the first quarter really kept Montana off the board. They only went down 3 nothing into the break. Very, very good defensively from him. Our Ticket Smarter Special Teams Player of the Week, Chris Campos from Stephen F. Austin. He's been a tremendous kicker for them this season.
1: He is. And Chris Campos, another freshman. So we have a lot of young players in the WAC to, to watch out for this Year he's from Nacogdoches so he's a hometown kid playing for Stephen F. Austin has a huge leg barely missed a field goal that would have won uh, the Battle of the Piney Woods or potentially won the Battle of the Piney Woods it was a 51 yarder had enough distance just went off to the right uh, against uh, Jacksonville State he gets this 30-yarder clutch you know we're talking in the fourth quarter to take the lead on a top 25 team on the road so Chris Campos uh, definitely showing he's got one of the better legs in the lap.
0: We would like to thank our sponsors of the WAC podcast, Hercules Tires and Adidas. Welcome back to the WAC podcast. We have a fantastic guest here for Eric Danner joining uh, Adam Young with New Mexico State, director of broadcasting, TV play-by-play for football, basketball, volleyball, you name it. He does it all. He's here to talk to us all about New Mexico State. And I want to just dive right in and talk about volleyball. Aggies are typically known for having a solid volleyball team. They typically do very well in the WAC this season appears to be no different. They're coming off a great win. They have a tough matchup tomorrow against GCU. It's going to be the battle of the two top teams in the West division. How important is this game, Adam, in terms of conference standings?
2: Well, it's huge, and first off, they're coming off a really weird couple of weeks for the program. Mike Jordan, the head coach, um, it's public now that he had COVID, so he was away from the program for a couple of weeks, and uh, Greg Whitest and Chris Hurdle, the two assistants, did a great job of keeping things intact, Uh, but they did lose a match and then almost lost twice. Chicago State's playing very well, and they found a way to win in five sets in Chicago, so that was great. Huge match tomorrow. Uh, we were looking at the numbers yesterday and it's a little surprising that Grand Canyon's only beaten the Aggies once. Um, you know, Grand Canyon's kind of been on the rise the last couple of years, but they haven't beaten the Aggies, um, in a number of years. It was 2014, I believe 2014 or 2015 when they uh, picked up that lone win against the Aggies. So, um, Tomorrow will be interesting. Tim Nolan has done a really good job with the Lopes. And uh, I was at practice yesterday. Mike Jordan was coaching them up again. He's back on the bench. And, um, you know, he's a huge part of their success, of course. He's been the head coach for 24 years. So to not have him the last couple of weeks, I know that was a little weird around here. So it's good to have him back. And, uh, you know, the team uh, should be playing better.
1: Adam called our championship, well, this past spring for the WAC Volleyball Tournament, which was New Mexico State against Utah Valley. Adam, but the, the league is so much different now. Obviously, the four new schools coming in and now having divisions, but the, uh, the West Division uh, certainly looks like a bear, isn't it?
2: It's loaded. Uh, Utah Valley is good again. Uh, Grand Canyon, like I said, they've been on the rise. And, um, you know, California Baptists looked really good. We had them on television um, a couple weeks ago, and they looked really good. So um, it's, it's a tough division. Then you throw in Stephen F. Austin really on the other side. Um, Abilene Christian, typically pretty good. Uh, It's getting better. And Mike Jordan, the head coach for the Aggies has talked about that a lot the last month or so. It's good for the conference. The RPI is going up. Um, Certainly it's not a two bid league yet, but potentially down the road it could be. And um, you know, for the Aggies who typically have an RPI in the top 80 or 90, uh, sometimes even, you know, top 50 or 60, if it is a two bid league, that would really help them because then if they stub their toe, like they did last year in the championship match of the conference tournament, they might be able to get in. Um, so it, it, it's good for everybody. The league's better, and, and that West division is tough. And right now there's a big log jam there in second place with a number of programs, including Grand Canyon. So tomorrow night in this neck of the woods is really important.
0: It's just been such a crazy two years not being able to play many games at home, and now you have a new rental floor that's installed. What is it like to be playing those games at home? And has there had to be an adjustment playing on that new surface?
2: Well, I know everybody's rolling with the punches over here. We've had to the last uh, year plus, Uh, you know, for a while there, Kendra, we didn't know where we were going to play in volleyball last year, played in Tucson to start for home matches. Then they went to El Paso. Then they came home and played a couple of matches at home, but they couldn't have fans due to, uh, you know, the governor's rules in the state of New Mexico. So it's been a really weird couple of years. But, you know, Mike Jordan said the players have handled it just fine. The floor situation um, when they put in the temporary sport court before their first uh, couple of home matches in their uh, hosted tournament. They'd only practiced on it once and he didn't blame anybody or make any excuses. He just said, it is what it is. You know, we're just going to be in the same boat as Northwestern and Arizona, the two teams that were in town uh, playing on that sport court for the first time as well. So uh, they've been just rolling with the punches. They continue to find a way to win. They're very good at home. Um, and tomorrow night, as of this morning, there was around 9,000 tickets out for tomorrow's match. It's a pack to pan match. The arena holds close to 13 and they're going to, they're going to fill it up pretty good so uh, there'll be some really good energy in the building tomorrow night I know the players will appreciate that
1: well speaking of packing the Pan Am Adam men's basketball back had a uh, I guess a a scrimmage or an exhibition game uh, this week at the Pan Am Center and I know uh, talking to people around the league there's a lot of excitement uh, in particular about New Mexico State men's basketball this year
2: they continue to reload, Eric. Um, you know, they got some really good new pieces that we saw on display last night. Teddy Allen's the name that the people are talking about the most. And he was as advertised last night. And I've been to practice a lot recently. He's been really, really good. Um, he, he's probably the best Aggie player as far as score, pure score. can Go out there and get you 20, 25, 30 that I've seen since I've been here. A lot of people have compared him to Zach Lofton. He's a different player, but he can score in bunches like Zach did a couple of years ago for that NCAA tournament team. And then Mario McKinney Jr. at Point Guard, former Missouri Tiger from St. Louis, was the state's top recruit in Missouri when he was coming out. He's been really good. He reminds me of A.J. Harris a little bit. So you can draw those comparisons when you see these guys and you say, okay, well, he reminds me of this person. He reminds me of this former Aggie. And um, that's cool to watch. They're pretty deep again. Um, Jabari Rice is back, Johnny McKeans is back, Donnie Tillman is back. They got some good pieces back, and then Christians did what Christians does, and he added in top-tier recruits. A lot of guys that were former four stars and former Power Five um athletes.
0: Mario McKinney actually made a stop at John A. Logan, and yeah. that's where I was previously located. My station in Southern Illinois was just down the road from John A. So we went to those <laughs> games quite a bit. Uh, so he's a great piece Dad. I'm happy to see him in the whack this season. Um, but so many key additions, and you got a lot of newcomers. You got four returning starters. The key is you know, how, how cohesive can this lineup get in the short time and be able to have that chemistry needed?
2: Yeah, building on that point about Mario McKinney, he might be the biggest piece, even bigger than Teddy Allen, because Mario plays point guard, and quite frankly, they needed a point guard. And they need somebody who can go out there and play 30 to 35 minutes a game. Evan Gilliard transferred out for his final year. He's now in Kansas City. So the addition of Mario was huge. And you mentioned John A. Logan College. I mean, this is a guy who at the junior college level scored 52 points in one game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a scoring point guard, but he's already adjusted to what Chris Jans wants. And what Chris Jans wants is for him to run the offense, score when needed. And he can certainly do that, but he's starting to slow down. He was really, really fast early on, playing too fast. Um, And he's starting to really slow down, let the game come to him, get his teammates involved. So Teddy Allen gains a ton of attention, as he should, because he's going to go out there and get you potentially 20 points a game. But Mario McKinney might have been the biggest addition, just because he brings what the Aggies really needed, and that's a steady presence, a point guard. And um, like I said, somebody like an A.J. Harris who – can run the offense the way Chris Jans wants his point guard to run the offense.
1: Adam, having Jabari Rice and Johnny McCants back, of course, Jabari was preseason player of the year. I got banged up a little bit last year, and it seems like this is my fifth year on the WAC. Seems like Johnny McCants has been around forever, and here's a guy that uh, knows how to do it all, and uh, a couple of great leaders on the team back for Chris Jans there.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. He's been around forever, Eric. Uh, it's uh, he's one of those guys. He's local. The fans love him. Um, he didn't have to come back. He probably could have gone pro and played overseas somewhere for his final year, but he is local. The fans do love him. It means something for him to wear the crimson and white. So he's back, and to me, he looks like Johnny did a couple years ago. He has that bounce in his step again. Um, you know, he was known for his explosive dunks and. Uh, put backs and block shots a couple of years ago. And last year, he was a little banged up. It was a weird year because of all the stop and start. And he also had to play around 30 minutes a game. So I feel like maybe Johnny could be back in that role of where he plays 19 to 22 minutes a game. And he can really give you those, those good spurts during the course of the game, offensively and defensively. And then Jabari Rice, he was beat up last year. And the stop and start probably didn't help him either. So um, you know, Jabari gains a lot of attention because he is the top scorer. But I think having Teddy Allen with him, there's going to be less attention on Jabari, which is scary to think what he can do if the top defender isn't on him or there isn't the main focus on him. So we'll see how that all plays out. But I, I tweeted this last night after the scrimmage, like just kind of going through thoughts of what just happened in those 20 minutes. And it's to me, if Allen and Rice are both healthy, that, that could be a ridiculous, scary combination at the mid-major level.
0: New Mexico State will certainly be one to watch. And we talked about it with volleyball. You guys had a scrimmage last night, got a little taste of packing the Pan Am Center, but several home games over around 14 home games this season on the on the schedule. How exciting is it, one, for them, the guys, just to be able to play at home, but also have that routine? felt like last year the guys... You, know, you didn't know where you were going to play all these questions, right? they couldn't really get into their season routine. And how important is that for this team this year?
2: Yeah, that's a good point, Kendra. Living in a hotel is cool when you're like nine years old and you're going on vacation <laughs> for a week, but when you're living in a hotel for a couple months at a time and you're trying to play college basketball, it's not ideal circumstances, especially during a pandemic. So they get to sleep in their own beds they have their fans again. Uh, they're not commuting 45 to 50 minutes to a home game. Um, th- there's a lot of factors here that come into play that, you know, should be should be good for the Aggies and beneficial for them this year. So uh, the home schedule is good in the non-conference. It's not great because we talked about this on our podcast all the time. Nobody wants to come here to play them. It, it's really, really hard to schedule. Um, you know, some programs have that issue um, where, you know, it, it's not the easiest place to get to A – B, the program wins a lot, and C, it's usually a good atmosphere and it's hard to win here. So, the marquee game outside of the typical rivalry games of UNM and UTEP, which they play both twice, they have UC Irvine in the opener, which is great. They had Fullerton. Fullerton backed out. So, you know, they're, they're left scrambling a bit, and the marquee games are, are more on the road than at home. So, it is what it is. If you win, you know, People don't want to come play you, especially on the road. And um, that's kind of what they're dealing with this year. But I think the schedule is good enough, especially with road games to get them ready for a revamped whack where every single night is going to be tough. I was putting together the the preseason media poll um, that Chris Thompson sent out yesterday. And I barely knew what to do. I'm like, I'm looking at the back end of the conference who, who I'm picking to pick like 10th, 11th and 12th. And I'm like, I, I, I don't think they're 10th, 11th, 12th, you know, in the league caliber teams. I think they're better than that, but there's so many good teams in the league this year. That makes it exciting around the whack.
1: Yeah, it certainly will be exciting. And Adam with uh, Kendra starting this week and, and you had a good segue there into our basketball preview days coming up next week, which will be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and make sure everybody to look for that as Kendra, you know, she's been here a week. So next week she gets to interview all 26 head basketball coaches as well as players. So they are right into the fire there. As far as women's basketball goes, how do the Aggies look this year? They uh, Brooke Atkinson uh, coming back with so, some players, but uh, again, it's kind of like uh, men's basketball. It's kind of hard to say with those new teams and what that does to the league and who are the teams to watch out for.
2: Yeah, I love what Brooke did with her roster. She went in that transfer portal and she got some proven players that can come in and contribute right away. So they also added... Front court depth, which is something they've been searching for the last couple of years. They've always had really good guard play. You know, you think back to Gia Pack and Brooke Salas and then Aaliyah Prince, who just finished up last season. They've always had really good guard play. They've lacked in the interior. And Brooke went in the transfer portal. She got a big-time transfer from Oklahoma State, transfer from Weber State. Um, She has Deja Terrell back in the post, who used to be at North Texas. So she feels like she added front court depth. And the guard play is still good. She even went in the portal and got a few guards in the transfer portal as well. So it's a really old group. Um, Sophia Inusa returns and she's been starting since day one. She's a junior. Now, Adriana Henderson is back. Uh, She's a veteran in her sixth year collegiately. So they have some older pieces. Uh, Brooke, we talked to her on our radio coaches show last week. She loves how practice has gone so far and she feels like they're a little bit of ahead of where they've been in years past. So, it looks good on paper, but, you know, you just never know until the game started on November 9th.
0: And obviously the last two seasons haven't necessarily gone the way the Aggies want 21 and 30 overall, 14, 14 in whack play over those past two seasons. It seems like before that, they were really just the front runners, the stars, the gold standard of the whack. And the last two seasons have been rougher. What do you think it's going to take this year going into that transfer portal? Obviously a crucial, Thing that uh Brooke Atkinson did for her team but to bring the Aggies back to what they were just a couple of seasons ago
2: well what they were in Brooks' first couple of years and going back to previously before that is they would really pressure you defensively and I know Brooks, you know been trying to employ that and get back to that where you're forcing 20 21 22 turnovers a game and everything is tough on the opposition offensively um the offense wasn't always pretty when they were winning 24, 25 games a season, but they would win our defense and they would force turnovers. They would score off turnovers. They'd win some low scoring, ugly games where it was 55 to 50. And they're trying to get back to that. And I think also, too, adding that front court depth, like I talked about, and, and some key pieces down there that should help and take some pressure off the guards. Um, Aaliyah Prince graduated. She was about a 12, 13 point per game score. Um, so she's gone it'll be interesting early on to see who steps up in that scoring role. Uh, Sophia Inusa has been about 11 points per game during her career, and she's now in her third year as a starter. So she could be a little more offensive as far as her production goes, but I think it's going to be a balanced scoring effort, um, force turnovers defensively, make it hard on the opposition. And that's how it used to be. That's how it was Brooks first couple of years. It was pretty balanced scoring and they forced a lot of turnovers. So, if they can make it hard defensively on the opposition like they were a couple of years ago, they'll get back to, to where they had been.
1: Well, Adam, wanna thank you for taking some time out. Uh, good to chop it up about basketball. Good to chop it up about the Pan Am Center being uh, back open again. And uh, we'll, we'll see you, actually I'll see you uh, next month uh, at we the will. WAC Volleyball Tournament in Las Cruces. Thank you to you both,
2: Eric. Good to see you. And Kendra, welcome to the WAC.
0: Thank you, so great to meet you. <laughs>
1: All right. That is Adam Young, the voice uh, or the uh, director of broadcasting for New Mexico State. And thank you for listening to the WAC Podcast.
0: Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube and check out our website
2: at WACSports.com.